Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is episode 188 of Extraordinary Women Radio. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio. I am your host, Cami Gellner. Women are being called to lead with voice, vitality, and vigor. Each week, join me for wisdom-filled interviews with extraordinary women living out loud and making a difference in our world. Their stories will uplift, inspire, and spark your own purpose-driven journey. Hello, my extraordinary women friends. If you know me, you know that I'm always making introductions. I'm connecting one great woman to another great woman. It's kind of my signature thing. In fact, it's these types of connections that I found in my community, Extraordinary Women Connect on, so many years ago. And that's why I wanted to bring you today's guest, Kelly Hoey. Kelly is the author of the book, Build Your Dream Network, Forging Powerful Connections in a Hyper-Connected World. She is obsessed with changing the way we understand and approach networking. Kelly spreads her networking gospel in her keynote talks and on the Build Your Dream Network podcast. Kelly has worked with top companies, brands, and conferences to level up the way that people connect. She's appeared on CNBC's Power Pitch, She's co-created and moderated the Meet the Innovators speaker series on at Apple and contributed to publications such as the New York Times, Forbes.com, Fast Company, and Inc. Kelly's insights have been featured in Real Simple, Working Mother, Good Morning America, AARP, Vogue.com, The Muse, Wall Street Journal, The Financial Times, and many more. She's a former attorney and active participant in New York's startup community. She has been featured in Forbes as one of five women changing the world of VC entrepreneurship by Fast Company as one of the 25 smartest women on Twitter. Business Insider as one of the 100 most influential tech women on Twitter, and Inc. as one of the 10 most well-connected people in New York City's startup scene. Wow. EBW 2020 included her on their list of the 100 most influential global leaders empowering women worldwide. Wow. You can see why I'm so excited to bring her to you today. Let's meet Kelly Hoey. Well, welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio, Kelly. It's great to have you on. Thank you for having me, Cami. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. So where are you calling in from today? New York City. Oh, you're in the city. In the city. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Have you been there your your whole life or is it new or tell us uh, the story there? I moved to New York City way back in the day, as we would say, back in 1998. So, oh, wow. I, so you've been there a long time. Yes, but I wasn't born here, so I can't say I'm a New Yorker. I'm just a solid resident of New York City. Well, that's I, totally a solid resident of New York City, having been there that long. So you, you, you've probably seen it shift and change some over the years. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to say, uh, you know, the city does change. And that's why, you know, the time we're going through right now, people are mourning kind of some of the loss. But I'm like, yeah, but 
we've had turnover and things have gone away and they've new things have come in and that's just the way the city works. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. I loved, I loved a visit. I love to visit New York city. <laughs> it's one of my favorite cities to go to for sure. It's, it's a, a beautiful one. place. It's so I want, I want to hear some of your story because you've gone through some twisty curvy roads to get to where you're at and doing the work that you do. So tell us a bit of your story. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Victoria, British Columbia. I went to law school because, well, my parents expected me to get a graduate degree, <laughs> just an undergraduate degree. And it seemed like a better alternative than an MBA. And there was no way I was going into medicine. Um, and uh, from going to law school at uh, the University of British Columbia, I took a job in Toronto only because they paid way more for incoming attorneys than anywhere else in the country, the firms in Toronto. Practiced there, um, fell in love with a Texan, my now ex-husband. Um, and that's what brought me down to New York. And a Texan brought you to New York. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah. 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 A Texan got me to New York and, um, you know, I really, I, you know, I, I gotta say, Cammy, I hadn't imagined much more than sort of a linear career path, mm -hmm. uh, but sort of a dis sort of a disinterest. I still enjoyed the practice of law, but it wasn't charging up my day. And I sort of sat and thought, hey, what, what else could I do? Um, I made a very, it seems very mundane kind of career move from practicing law over onto the management side of law firms. Uh, and then it was not until really, let me think, 2009, when I got involved with a global business network for women. Uh -huh. And that changed everything. And it wasn't just joining that group. Um, I joined because I was doing a lot of research for the role I was in building out an alumni program for a global mm -hmm. law firm. And I joined and I was really active. Uh, and maybe that's, you know, one of the many networking lessons of my life is like, you know, we can all slide our credit card and say we're a member, but how do you show up? And so I got really involved and I caught the eye and was noticed by the founder of the network. And after being a member for, I don't know, it was like six, eight months, something, nine months, somewhere in there. It was not long. It was definitely under a year. She called me at my job and said, I want to know about you. Who are you? What do you do? And she was sort of grilling me on my job and all and my thoughts on networks and building networks and, and how we connect people. And at the end of the hour-long phone call, she said, Would you come and do this with me? And oh wow. She, oh, exactly. <laughs> Out of the blue. Yeah, I I sure there was no job at the beginning. Knowing Janet, I'm sure there was no job in her mind at the beginning of the phone call, but at some point during that phone call, she just decided this is what I need to do. All the dots uh, connected. And and um so she offered me a job that previously had never existed. Mm -hmm. And I took a huge flyer uh in terms of my life because I left a, a job I enjoyed mm -hmm. with a paycheck and healthcare and benefits and all that good stuff. And I took an opportunity that gave me equity. And that jump changed everything in my life. It changed my perception of who I am, changed my perception of what I could do. It exposed me to even more diverse networks in terms of life and experience, sectors, industry, geography than I'd had before. And from that led to 
co-founding a startup accelerator, being the interim CMO of a startup, um, you know, reporting to someone 25 or 30 years younger than I am. Uh, let me see what else did it end up, you know, investing in some companies uh, and then finally deciding I needed to write this damn book, Build Your Dream Network. Oh, that's awesome. That's totally awesome. And when you made the decision to make that leap, you know, you've got this, you've got this, this lawyer, this lawyer firm job, making this leap into this unknown. How did you know? I mean, what was it inside of you that, that, that happened that, that had you saying yes to that? Um, so I was really struggling and I went for a walk with a friend who happened to be a partner at that law firm that I was mm -hmm. working at. And I said, I have this opportunity and I just don't know. And she looked at me, she said, what's the worst thing that can happen? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes as women, when we think the worst thing that can happen, you know, our, our Neanderthal brain goes to, I'll be living under a bridge and I'll be homeless. Like, right. <laughs> it's exactly where, where, where women, where we often will go. And it's like, wait a minute. And that's not true. Right. No. Cause this friend said to me, she said, what's the worst that can happen? You can come and get your old job back. And I'm like, whoa, that's right. Yeah. I have a skill set. Um, I have a reputation in an existing industry. Um, what's the worst that can happen? I can go back to a really decent, well-paying job that kind of bores me. Oh, if that's the worst, why wouldn't I take a leap? Yeah, yeah. And when you think about risk, what have you learned about risk over this time period of, of, of doing all these different trans transitions? You're your own best investment. And so sometimes you got to take a risk on yourself mm -hmm. and some of our, those speed bumps and those fears and those blocks that we put up, um, are our own manufactured ones. And, and if we really think is what, what is the worst that can happen? Like, do you have a network? Do you have, you know, a skill set? Have you built a strong reputation in the industry or the career you're already in? Well, what's the worst that can happen? You can go back to that. Right. Awesome. 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 So let's talk about connection. You and I share this passion for connection. My group is called Extraordinary Women Connect. I mean, it's been, you know, the, the, the piece that makes my business really go around is I'm always connecting great women to great women. What have you learned about connection over the years that got you to the point? It's like, I've got to write a book about it. So what's, what's there? Uh, it's so funny when you say that because, uh, an old, um, a former boss, I won't say old, he'll probably listen to this and like slap me for calling him old. Um, <laughs> uh, but a former boss of mine, he told me back in 2006, he said, you need to um, tell people what you do around the topic of networking because you look at this so differently. And I basically told him he was an idiot for suggesting this because I imagined everyone did it the same way I did. Where, how you know, I'm not an, I'm not a work the room networker. I am not a, um, Oh, you introduced me to someone who can I introduce you to? I'm like, you know, how do you think about what, who the other person is? How do you build a connection that lasts you a lifetime, not a one and done transaction? How do you show up every day so that yeah, when you turn around and you want to crowdfund or you, you know, you need a website built or you've fallen on your knees and you just need someone to pick you up, you have this, you know, sort of built up this net of relationships who are right. there for you because you have been there for them. 
Right. Oh, that's awesome. And it's, and that's approaching it in such a different way. I, I don't, when you, we've all been to those kind of events where people are like, here's my card, here's my card. And they're like, and, and they're, and those are just not what we, and as women, we have the unique ability to be able to connect at a different level. I, I truly believe that we have this gift of connecting on, and I love that you look at it from, how do I build this as a, as a lifetime relationship? Right. And, and there's some relationships that will, as I like to say, stall at acquaintance. There are relationships that may be close at one time in our life that may kind of flow out and mm-hmm. be less close later. And that's okay. If there's any um, any sort of area with networking, because I agree 100% with you, women, in terms of our emotional intelligence. But if there's one weakness in the way we build relationships, um, we want to do it organically. We want to build that depth of a connection before we ask for something. And we need to kind of get over that. Um, mm-hmm. So can, expand on that. I like this. Um, you know, if we just rely on on organic growth of our networks, and if we only rely on, or, or we're only prepared to call upon relationships where we know the person, mm-hmm. we are by definition restricting our networks and our ability to grow our businesses or our careers. So you have to get comfortable and understand that even if you don't know someone very well, you can use your emotional intelligence to connect with them on a kind of like ask a question or pitch them business without having to become a good friend or or get to know them better, but use your emotional intelligence to say, right, what is it that they need so that I can pitch them or I can recommend them or I can get their time to get mentored without me having to spend, you know, hours becoming their best friend and all that other kind of stuff. So um, that's, you know, if men have a strength in their networks, it's because they will call upon they'll move faster. What, well, and they'll call upon these weak ties, people they don't know very well. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times have we seen a guy like pitch someone for business and you're thinking you just met him. What are you doing? Right. Right. You women need to be more comfortable, but layer on that, your emotional intelligence to figure out, all right, I want to pitch this person business. What's their real pain point? not the one I think they have. Like, what else do they say or do that may give me some understanding about them so that I can reach out and say, hey, I think I got a solution to your problem and this is what I'm thinking, rather than rather than imagining we have to know them better to have the right to step up and pitch them business. Mm, I like that. I think it's a really interesting understanding of how how we as women might be maneuvering in a relationship and a, a connection relationship. And, and how we might really put on our, our business pants in a different way in those moments. And still, and, and with, with the intent of creating this long-term relationship, creating the relationship and knowing what our, what our right. reason is there, is, that's right. there. Well, where can we add value? Like maybe that's the way of thinking it. Like, okay, I want to pitch this person that I've just become acquainted with work. Well, I always sort of look at this women when women say to me, oh, but I don't know them that well. I'm like, why are you denying someone your talent? Mm-hmm. Why are you denying someone a solution to a pain point you know they're having? Right. Why would you deny them that? Because right. you don't know them very well? Right. We got to get over that one. 
Okay. I like it. I like it. So I love the subtitle of your book, Forging Powerful Connections in a Hyper-Connected World. And, you know, just the, the juxtap, what's the word? Juxtap, you know what I'm saying? The, um, (laughs) that word, but I like both sides of this, right? So tell us a little bit about that. The powerful, forging powerful connections in a hyper-connected world. I mean, we live in a noisy, busy, 24-7 crowded world. And Mm -hmm. I think we can get um, caught up in, you know, vanity metrics on social media. We can get caught up in an urgency um, and a speed of doing things that is not healthy to build relationships or grow our ventures, whatever they may be. And rather than sort of getting up in the speed of connecting, you know, by liking or sending, you know, hey, I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn requests, using the information that other people are putting out there, thinking about the information you're posting, Mm -hmm. uh, and kind of pause and say, right, how, you know, how are other people posting and sharing information? And what does it tell me about them? And can, on the basis of that information, can I figure out a stronger, more human way of connecting with them to achieve what I want to achieve? Mm -hmm. Uh, How am I posting and sharing information? Am I showing other people who know me and don't know me? Am I showing them what I'm interested in? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And am I revealing who I am or am I chasing, you know, analytics, which... Right. It's Nobody just, wants that. Nobody. I mean, there's the, the, and there are real relationships to be built on social. I truly believe that. One of the things that, you know, I often wonder about is just the volume of connections that come in on a day-to-day basis. And when you're really wanting to make a deeper relationship with people, how do you approach the volume of connections of people reaching out saying, I want to be connected. Do you do something with that? Do you, I mean, tell us more about that. So, okay. Well, so, so let's just like, look at something like LinkedIn. Right. Um, I make it hard to connect with me uh-huh. because if people really want to find me, it's actually very easy. My email address is there in my profile and my right. email address is on my website, uh-huh. uh, but the LinkedIn is not connected to that email address. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I make it a little bit more difficult because you can just get spammed with oh, you can. ferocious nonsense. So I require people to have an email address and then I make it difficult with the email address. But I was on LinkedIn before getting on this interview with you and someone had just sent me a, Hey, I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn. I I just deleted it because I'm not going to hunt around for a reason why we should be connected. Tell me why we should be connected. But right below that was another LinkedIn request to connect. And it was somebody else who said, Hey, 
I'd love to connect with you. Congratulations. We both made this list. We both may know, know this person. I'm also doing this. And I'm like, okay, yeah. That person you want to connect with. So it's it's really, you're, you're being selective in who you're saying yes to. Right. Also right. Also understanding I'm still at a point in my career where throwing the net wide and keeping, um, you know, more relationships that are at the start or the hello, just nice to meet you kind uh -huh. of stage, including them in my LinkedIn network is worthwhile for some people. I think, and this is where things, you know, I think, you know, we say, how do you connect in a hyper-connected world? You got to realize that you know, just because we have the same technology tools to use, we don't use them in the same way. Right. So here I'm sharing that, yeah, I still throw it open, but don't make me guess on why we're, why we should connect. Right. Right. Like, and, and, and the other for me is, is don't pitch me at the moment you, you open the door. It's like, that's a, an immediate delete for me. It's like, you oh, know, oh, you and me both. <laughs> yeah. It's like, sorry, this is not gonna, this is not the way we're going to, I don't need the the next best thing to, you know, here's the 10 steps to, to whatever. Hey, I can help you do this with your podcast. Like if you wouldn't say it to someone's face, mm -hmm. if you were standing next to them, you know, in an office building, right. Then do not say it to them on LinkedIn. Right. Um, I think of LinkedIn as the office or the industry conference. Uh -huh. uh, I think of Twitter as a cocktail party. Oh, if nice. you wouldn't, say it to me at a cocktail party, then do not say it to me on Twitter. Like yeah. we're done. You know, yeah. like enter those platforms in the context of the human dynamic, not on the context of the technology. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's brilliant. That's totally brilliant. So why did you write your book, build your dream network now? Why now? So, um, you know, sometimes you need to listen to your network because they see more in you than you see in yourself. Mm -hmm. And in 2000, let me think, it was 2014. Yeah, 2014. Several other authors who were writing books that included um, sections on networking were reaching out to me for my insights because they were like, Kelly, you're the networker's networker. We need your insights for our books. And I finally had that hold on a minute here. <laughs> these are my, these are my words. Why am I not writing my own book? Right. Bingo is finally like, okay, universe, I got it. Like sometimes your superpower is that thing you flip off. Sometimes what you, when you, you know, you're struggling to thinking what you should be doing with your life. And it might be that thing you do so easily. And you're like, why doesn't everyone does this? Why are they asking me this? And finally I was like, okay, universe, I got it. And once I had that idea, Cammy. I was, I was like obsessed. Like I had to write this book. Mm, very cool. Very cool. And so when did it come out? Um, so it came out in a uh, hardcover in 2017 and paperback in 2018. Okay. And I re I have reread my own book. Um, and I have been asked, what would you change because of 2020? The good yeah, news? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Nothing. I wouldn't change a thing. Oh, that's awesome. So What's, what are the things that really in, that are in the book that really work in 2020 right now, 2021? What, what are some of those core things that we, when we're out building our communities, our connections, what should we be doing right now? Don't look at online as secondary or insufficient or inadequate networking. It is where we as human beings connect. 
and I have been saying this, I would like to say since 2017 when the book came out, but in cleaning up my computer, I have been saying this since about 2011. This is how we communicate. This is how we engage. This is how we find uh, communities of interest. This is how we find like minds. For women, what the internet has done, let's put put the rose-colored glasses, the good side of the internet, is it expanded our networks and our possibilities the rooms we can get into to share ideas, to meet, you know, kindred spirits has only gotten bigger and in some ways leveled the playing field because, you know, we can now network with people based on our expertise and we don't have this like, oh, who are you? Why are you in this room kind of stuff where it's based on the exchange of ideas. So I think the successful networkers are those who are amphibious, those who can work well offline as well as online, those who can bring online relationships offline, and those who can maintain and enhance offline relationships using digital tools. It's just part of your networking arsenal. Don't look at it as something lesser and and crappy and, oh, wait, can we get back to the real networking? No, this is real and integrate it into how you're building relationships. Yeah, I tell my clients that I think it's really difficult in this day and age not to be on social. I think it's it's got to be an intricate part of our businesses in some shape or form or, of an, or another, right? I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's such an intricate part of so many people's lives and our presence really does depend that we get onto social media, be there, right. engage meet people. And I, and I so agree the expansiveness of it. I mean, I think of the people that I've collaborated with and partnered with and clients that have come to me, all of it really comes from this being in community with one another. And there's people in my life that I would have never met had there not been a social media side of things. Well, I started today on clubhouse Mm -hmm. in a room that was, um, started by a gentleman by the name of Kid Chan, who's a celebrity photographer based in Kuala Lumpur. Okay. And I met, she says with air quotes, because he posted a review of my book back in 2017 on Instagram. I wrote and thanked him for that. And we have just sort of stayed sort of Instagram, like, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. followers and friends kind Mm -hmm. of that Mm -hmm. sense. Uh, He's messaged me many times over the years to say, hey, I might be planning this. If there's a chance, you know, hey, is your book tour going to bring you to Malaysia? Like this kind of thing. And then he messaged and said, let's do, I got to do a room on networking on and networking and introverts. Will you, will you come and do this? And I said, absolutely. So that was, you know, so you sort of see this progression of a relationship. And he and I spent an hour the other night, you know, talking on the phone, like talking through Clubhouse. And it's like was meeting like an like an old lost friend. And so I can it's like so we have these tools, but if you use them in that human way, like me watching kid over the years, I can see who he is as a person. It's revealed in his in his posts. And so getting on um, Clubhouse and having this dialogue with him was super easy, yeah. really easy. So I think that's the other thing with social and with, with digital tools. We sort of think that we can instantly kind of like, I don't know, do a sort of a, a fast track on, on connecting and then asking people for something or a fast track. And it's like, no, no, no. You're We're still human- building. You still got to spend, you got to bring your humanity. You got to bring that sort of good networking behavior to those platforms. And that's how you'll succeed on them. 
That's awesome. That's totally awesome. So I want to hear your story about meeting Malala. You, you, you teased me with it. I'm like, okay, yes, I got to hear because I love Malala. Oh my God. It was amazing. And it was, it was, it was one of these situations that, you know, I've been in New York so long, but I still have to kind of, uh, I've got this wide eyed wonder, you know, you, you show up at someone's apartment and you're looking at, you know, the art on the walls and you're thinking, I recognize that. Oh, that's right. It was on loan to the Met. Oh, okay. Um, so there was, uh, someone I know in the startup community and he, and I met at a startup event and he works for, he was working for one of the big banks in the wealth management group at the time. And the, he had, you know, a very intentional business development strategy of cultivating relationships in the startup community, knowing that some point, if someone had a successful exit, they'd need some wealth management advice. And who are you going to turn to? You're not going to turn to the wealth manager who shows up because you made, you know, the cover of the New York Times for having a billion dollar exit. They're going to show up and ask the person who's been there on their whole agonizing startup journey. So David emailed me and said, are you available on this evening for a reception uh, for Malala and her parents and her fund. Um, and I'm like, oh, heck yes. I'll change <laughs> so it was like, it was like very, maybe because of security and everything else, it was like, leave your phone at the door. Um, and, um, you know, you couldn't say where you were. Like, I can't even probably say to today whose apartment, but it was in, but it was like bold face name, fancy pants apartment, you know, on Park Avenue. Um, and there was a reception and then there was a dinner. And this is the part that's not in the book. So the reception, there was more people. The dinner, there was very few people. And I'm there at the reception and whatever else. And David handed me like a card. And he said, you're at table two. And I looked at him and I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you take my seat at dinner. And uh, he gave up his seat at dinner for me. And I sat at a table um, across from Malala's parents. Oh, nice. How fun. Oh, whew. I had to watch my manners, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and that's part of it, right? Is, is, is the community, is the connections, is, is somebody right. said, take my ticket, go be there. Right. And this is, and this is the part, I think you and I, where we really get the connections. Like people are like, Hey, what's in it for me? I mean, David was building for the long term. Um, right. He took an extraordinary step um, of, of like graciously thanking me uh, to, um, you know, give up his seat at a dinner, uh, right. knowing that it was probably meant more for me. But now for me, knowing that if I know startup founders who, hey, who should I go to for? I'm like, I know who you're going to. I know exactly. who I'm But that, hey, how do I build this on relationships with there's no, hey, Kelly, you, you have to refer 10 startups my way every year if you'd like the seat for Malala. There was none of that transaction. It was all that yeah. goodwill um, and that just immense kindness. Um, Malala is extraordinary. And I would say um, her parents equally, especially her oh, father. Sure. Absolutely. What, oh. what, a, what a fantastic opportunity to have that. Oh. Well, and I just want to... And you'll, and you'll love this. I know we don't have much longer on this. It was really interesting. Everyone wanted to talk to Malala, of course, at this right. event. No one was talking to her parents. So oh. I, went and, I went and talked to her parents. I had more time with them 
heard more family stories, learned more sort of like ins and outs and all sorts of stuff that no one knew because they were too busy. So sometimes I'm like, hey, you know, I got my time with Malala later because guess what? Her parents dragged me over. <laughs> so right. sometimes an indirect networking strategy is the right strategy. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And I I love that the, the goodwill part of that. It's like, you know, the goodwill long-term relationship that you can build with some somebody by by showing up by being there for somebody by gifting something within your realm um, by inviting somebody into a connection all of that is so powerful and I think that's that's where the magic really starts to take place yeah it's like uh, to get where you're going you got to help other people get where they're going and just yeah. you know do that every day yeah that's awesome that's totally awesome so if the, the whole world could hear one message from you what would it be uh, stop committing random acts of networking. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, be intentional, be authentic, be present. Yeah. I love make it. Wise, make wise choices with your time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that goes, as you were saying earlier, it goes across an in-person connection or on social. So really be conscious about how you're spending your time there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So where can people learn more about you and your work? Uh, best place is my website, jkellyhoey.co. So J-K-E-L-L-Y-H-O-E-Y.co. Everything's there from my newsletter to links to social to ooh, my email address. <laughs> awesome. That's totally awesome. And the final question I always close with are, what three pearls of wisdom would you like to leave with our audience today? Um, I would say three career tips that have served me well. Build your expertise, be known for something, let your network know what you're known for. Build relationships, you know, um, ideas without a relationship are just ideas. And the third one is build your yes me fund so that, you know, you're not being held back uh, from pursuing your dreams because, you know, you don't have the resources to uh, go forward. Mm, I like that. A yes me fund. That's good. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and sharing all, all the stories that you've had and this, that's brought this book out into the world. And thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a joy talking with you. I hope you liked this episode of Extraordinary Women Radio. If you did, please share this podcast with your own special tribe of women and help spread the love, the dreams, and the inspiration. Are you ready to raise up your voice, your visibility, and your business? I invite you to join the conversation in my Facebook group, Extraordinary Women Connect. This group brings together changemaker women entrepreneurs who want to elevate their business for impact. It is a place for powerful connections and collaborations. It is a place to be inspired, uplifted, and fired up for action. To learn more about my work that helps women entrepreneurs make heartfelt connections to mindful growth strategies, visit my website at camigelner.com. Till next time, my friend. Listen to your heart, follow your dreams, and be you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.